0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I'm Clay Travis. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday. We are two days until Thanksgiving. Uh, Reminder, I'll do the show tomorrow. I'm also doing Clay and Buck. Then I'm out for the rest of the week on these shows. Uh, But I will be on the uh, Fox Big Noon kickoff from Columbus for the Ohio State and Michigan game uh, with Michigan on the road against the Buckeyes. Uh, We're going to have a big pregame show. Should be a lot of fun. So I will be there on Saturday. Uh, And certainly you'll be able to find me on uh, Twitter and whatnot. Uh, I'll put up the gambling picks tomorrow. I'll do this show. I will do radio. And then I will be back again until Monday other than Saturday's college football pregame show. So all of that still to come last night. Uh, If you watch the game from Mexico City, as I did, 49ers dominated the Cardinals, and we now have the playoff picture as we are approaching 60% complete on the season. And I always like to do this as we start to count down the playoff. Here's what the playoff would look like if the season were ending today. Now, we have at least six, uh, but many teams still have seven, games because they've all had their bye weeks all the bye weeks are getting rotated in now Um, so everyone will soon I believe after this weekend have only six games remaining on their schedule so uh, in the AFC right now the Kansas City Chiefs are the one seed you know what's crazy about the Chiefs being the one seed is I don't think that surprises anybody Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal Uh, but The Chiefs are the one seed only because they came from behind to beat the Titans. Otherwise, the Titans would have won eight games in a row. Remember, the Chiefs won in overtime when the Titans had to play with Malik Willis. uh, And the Titans kind of gave away the lead there against the Chiefs. But Chiefs are the one seed Uh, in the uh, two versus seven matchup. You would have the Bengals on the road against the Dolphins, Tua versus Joe Burrow. That would be an incredible wild card game. I would be excited to watch it. Uh, you would have my Tennessee Titans at home against the New England Patriots, which I would love. I would sign up for that first round matchup in a heartbeat. Uh, Mike Vrabel against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It would be incredibly low scoring. I think the Titans would win that game in the event that it were to happen, uh, and we'd finally win a playoff game at home. Uh, But that would be your 3-6 matchup. And your 4-5 matchup, you want to talk about a whale of a game, would be the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Buffalo Bills, which means that your final four, if all the seating held, and it usually would not, but if it did, it would be Uh, the Chiefs against the Ravens, and you would get the Titans going on the road against the Dolphins. Again, that's a sign-up I would take. As good as the Dolphins have been, I would take my chances against Tua in the divisional round to try to go to the AFC Championship game. I'm saying that as a Titans fan. So, in the NFC, your overall number one seed does not surprise anyone right now, Philadelphia Eagles. They are 9-1, and one, I believe. Only lost so far this year for the Eagles to the Commanders. Uh, your number two versus your number seven game would be the Vikings uh, at home against the Seahawks. Seahawks are the last playoff team in right now. Your three seed would be the San Francisco 49ers. And I tweeted this last night. I'll reiterate it again. I think the 49ers are the single uh, most talented team in the entirety of the NFL. Both sides of the ball, individual talent. I think it's through the roof for the 49ers. But I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he is somewhere around the 20th best quarterback, somewhere between 15 and 20 if you want to argue with me. Basically, an average to slightly below average starter in the NFL. And so that's why I wonder. Otherwise, I would make the 49ers the best team in the NFC. I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt about that. Giants would go on the road against the 49ers. That would be your 3-6 matchup again. This is the playoffs if the playoffs were ending today uh, at the at the end of uh, of Monday Night Football that just was played last night. And your 4-5 matchup would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting to host the Dallas Cowboys. That's a lot of really good matchups, right? And if the, if the playoffs held, you would have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the seeding, going to the number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles, and you would have the Minnesota Vikings hosting the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So, again, all that, I think, pretty entertaining. Uh, those would be good matchups overall. That is, right now, your NFL playoff picture in the wake of the 49ers dominating the Cardinals. Now, uh, the World Cup is currently underway. We got a monster upset. Saudi Arabia beat Lionel Messi and Argentina 2-1. to 20-1 payoff you could have gotten if you had bet Saudi Arabia to win this game outright. Uh, Saudi Arabia, celebrations going like crazy, Uh, leading to the upset of Argentina, putting Argentina on the ropes, uh, I think it's fair to say, a little bit early given that upset and the fact that it occurred. You may remember that the New York Times has been in the middle of an expose about how dangerous it is for sports gambling to exist. Well, the New York Times also simultaneously tweeted out uh, how shocking was Saudi Arabia's 2-1 to World Cup win over Messi and Argentina? One way to look at it is the betting odds. If you'd bet $100, you would have won back $1,800 or $2,000. So, 18-20 to 20 or 1, uh, 20 to 20-1 or more. But, New York Times told me that sports gambling is way too dangerous to even be talking about. And they've got sports gambling ads running as a part of their overall business model, thanks to their relationship with the athletic. So all of this hypocritical to the extreme. Um, So also out there in the world of sports, Lane Kiffin is rumored to be going to Auburn, leaving Ole Miss to potentially take that job. Now, you've got Ole Miss, Mississippi State coming up, the Egg Bowl. You also have Auburn going up against Alabama. There are rumors that this announcement could come as soon as Friday when Ole Miss's season officially ends. Lane Kiffen has been making jokes about uh, different reporters changing jobs. Uh, I tend to think that he's going to stay at Ole Miss. I just tend to think that because of all the joking that's going on in public right now. Uh, but Lane Kiffin rumored to be going to Auburn. This would be the second time that Ole Miss would have lost a coach to Auburn. Tommy Tuberville famously left Ole Miss to go to Auburn after claiming that the only way he would leave Oxford is in a pine box. Uh, Also, you have uh, Hugh Freeze in the mix, potentially to be considered by Auburn. So uh, we will see how all of this continues to shake out, but it could be resolved as soon as Friday. Lane Kiffin leaving Ole Miss for Auburn would create a lot of fireworks inside the state of Alabama to have Lane Kiffin going head-to-head against Nick Saban. Uh, the Auburn uh, the Auburn job, obviously, for the former Alabama offensive coordinator. Uh, so stay tuned to all of that and how it shakes out. I just think Lane Kiffin would be trolling on social media a lot less if he were actually making that move. I could be... Wrong, but we will see. Also, in case you were wondering out there, you were like, hey, I wonder what the NHL thinks about trans-related issues. Uh, The NHL has put up, which is pretty crazy to think about, the NHL has put out a tweet, and I don't know what the motivation was for this, but it is kind of crazy uh, in general that this could end up happening. The NHL official Twitter account said, Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Non-binary identity is real. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. And first of all, I don't know why the NHL needs to have an opinion on this. So far as I know, the uh, Men's Hockey League is not having a major issue with women good enough to play in the NHL. I don't think it's happening that much. So that's number one. Second part of this. I just want to continue to hammer this home because I've never heard anybody logically explain why this is different. When Rachel Dolezal decided to pretend that she was black and she was actually a white woman, that was offensive and that was unacceptable. In other words, everybody lost their minds over a white woman who was pretending to be black. How is it any different when a man or woman decides that they are going to pretend to be a different sex than they actually are. If anything, race is a less uh, biological construct than biology itself, than gender, right? So if it's totally offensive for a black woman to pretend to be, uh, sorry, a white woman to pretend to be a black woman, how is it totally expect, uh, totally praiseworthy For a man to decide to become a woman. I would just love for someone to explain the logic. To me, if you can decide that you are whichever gender you want to be, then you should be able to identify as any race that you want to be. Because race is less firm of a construct than gender is. Think about it. People find out all the time that their race is different than they might have expected when they do, let's say, a 23 Me or whatever. You might have thought, hey, you know, my family was from uh, uh, Europe exclusively, and then you find out that you might have Asian background or you might have black background from Africa, something like that, right? That can happen. Um, and you never knew. And your whole uh, racial identity can change. You never find out that you're a dude and you actually thought you were a girl or vice versa, From a biological perspective. So no one is ever able to answer that question for me in any way. Also, I don't understand how it's controversial to say men should compete against men and women should compete against women. Every single day, there is now a man who is deciding to compete against women somewhere just about in America. And if you have a daughter or if you have a granddaughter... There's a good chance over the next five to 10 years that somewhere in her district, maybe somewhere in her school, certainly somewhere in her state, there is going to be a boy who decides to identify as a girl and gains a major competitive advantage from doing so. That is, men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. And when they decide to identify as women, they fundamentally alter the balance of power, the competitive uh, balance in sports. We saw it already with the UPenn swimming. We're seeing it happen at all different levels, whether it's track and field, uh, whether it's tennis, whatever the sport is, men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. And when they decide to identify as women, they have a great deal of success because women's athletes are not as good at their sports as men's athletes are. And so when you have a man suddenly decide to compete as a woman, it changes the balance of power in a massive way. And sports is all about trying to create evenness, right? An even playing field. If you coach Little League baseball, you probably play against 12-year-olds if you've got a 12-year-old, right? 11- and 12-year-olds, 9- and 10-year-olds, 13- and 14-year-olds. Sports is segregated by age. It's common. If you brought somebody who was 18 in to play in a 10-year-old baseball league, that would not be acceptable, right? A grown man can't play against little boys in Little League. That wouldn't be acceptable. Even even in the world of high school, we have like 5 and 6A schools. Those are really big schools with large student populations, and those are different than the smaller schools. We typically do not have one state champion for all size schools because the bigger schools would have a massive competitive advantage. And if you give scholarships, for instance... Many schools treat those schools different than other schools. Private schools are sometimes separated from public schools. All of it is designed to create competitive balance. If you're a fan of the UFC or boxing, the weight of a fighter matters a great deal in terms of who the fighter competes against. You didn't have a situation where somebody Mike Tyson's size in the heavyweight division would be competing against Floyd Mayweather. Today, it would be unfair if Tyson Fury decided to fight Floyd Mayweather. It wouldn't be allowed. So we create all different sorts of uh, different categories to try to create evenness of competition. So how does it make sense that a boy and, and or a man can decide to identify as a woman and go dominate women's sports? It's a good question. It's, I think, to the very essence of competition and sports question, And most people won't address it. Most people just pretend that it isn't a real issue. And the result is, you get all these social justice warrior versions of tweets that the NHL is sending. Does the NHL believe, it's an easy question, that biological men should be able to compete against women? It's an easy question. NHL's not answering. Almost no one in the woke sports industry will answer because they recognize that it is an absurdity and that it points to the logical fallacies of the concept of boys or men deciding to identify as women and compete against women. Finally, Dr. Fauci has finally left the stage. He did a press conference at the White House to say goodbye. He is retiring. He should retire and immediately face, in my opinion, criminal charges for lying to Congress about his role in advanced uh, uh, gain-of-function research that occurred in China that I believe was partially funded by the United States government that helped to create COVID, which I believe was created in a Chinese laboratory and then escaped and then ended up wreaking havoc on many parts of the United States. But Fauci is still insane. He said in the press conference at the White House today that he believes you should still be testing yourself before you go to Thanksgiving dinner this year. So we are now in a third Thanksgiving 2020 Thanksgiving, 2021 Thanksgiving, now 2022 Thanksgiving, Dr. Fauci is saying you should do a COVID test before you go have Thanksgiving dinner with your friends and family. He's also saying that you should be wearing a mask. When you get to take the mask off, who knows? He said that you look fantastic, basically, if you're wearing a mask. There is no scientific basis for mask wearing, which they are trying to bring back. Health and Human Services discussing returning the mask mandate. Los Angeles discussing returning the mask mandate. It's never going away, all right? These people are anti-science. They are insane. And the fact that Dr. Fauci is still advocating for testing for COVID before you go to Thanksgiving dinner in a third year, good question, which unfortunately he was not asked is, when does all this end? When does all of this absurdity end? When are you finally able to go back to your pre-COVID lifestyle, according to the Dr. Fauci's of the world. Now, most of you, most of you with functional brains have already gone back to your normal behavior, but this still remains a massive issue that Fauci's and the Fauciites of the world are not allowing people to go back to normalcy because their brains are broken, including Dr. Ashish Jha, who said, hey, If you get the COVID booster, you will not die of COVID. This is just a lie, okay? Most people that are dying with COVID, and by the way, they're dying with COVID today. Most people that are dying with COVID today are doing so because they are old and unhealthy and happen to get COVID along with many other comorbidities, but the COVID shot and the COVID boosters are not keeping them from dying with COVID. That's just a lie. And I would say that I would expect that these lies would have died out. But unfortunately, they have not. The Biden White House is filled with liars. And most of the media helps to cover up for all those lies. Just like, by the way, ESPN is also filled with liars. Told you on Saturday, they got into a dispute on the SEC network over a minor joke and then they tried to tell OutKick, ESPN did, oh, this was a stunt, this was made up, there's no uh, uh, there's no ill intent here, there's no uh, poor relationships at all, when the reality is they fell apart. They got one guy on air mad at another guy on air, and they had to go to break, And then they likely burned Jim Rome 2.0-style confrontation over what was said on the air, which was relatively minor in nature. ESPN, to the credit of OutKick, we reached out and said, hey, can you explain exactly what's going on here? ESPN came out and said uh, that this was a bit, that they were great actors, that this was all made up for show. We now know that's a lie. ESPN, to my knowledge, has not yet responded to OutKick about that at all appreciate the fact that OutKick is actually holding ESPN accountable for their lies. And every time I wonder how is OutKick growing so fast, how are we getting so big? The answer is because all we got to do is just be honest. Everybody else out there is lying to you. I appreciate all of you. I'll be back tomorrow. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis. This has been OutKick, the show.